Mission 2, San Jose Avenue. From our 901 Mission Street studios, you are listening to the San Francisco Chronicle. Welcome to Total SF, and welcome to our last show of 2020, Heather Knight. Hello, good to be back, and I'm glad this is the end of 2020. Yeah, you know, we're going to talk a lot about um, 2020. We're going to analyze this. We're going to, like, just go in with a fine-tooth comb and try and find some good things out of 2020 and look forward. But first... I want to just talk about our event coming up, um, our very first event of 2021. It's going to set the tone for 2021, <laughs> and it is your favorite movie, Heather. Star Trek Four. I am so nice that I agreed to record this on vacation and watch Star Trek Four with you. Yes. You're off to a really good start. Um, <laughs> and I'm not going to let you forget it. Yeah, January 9th, um, virtual movie night. So all you have to do is be at home and at seven o'clock, turn on Star Trek Four. So we want you to take the added step. If you can get to the Balboa Theater from two to seven on that day, pick up some popcorn, pick up some beer, uh, merchandise. I'm hearing they're gonna have some new 2021 themed merchandise. Heather, have you been to the Balboa during this pandemic to one of their pop-ups? Just the one with you, um, but I definitely need to go back. I think I've purchased all available merchandise, but if there's new stuff, I will definitely check it out. Do we know if we can bring um, Norton Yitzit yet? I think we need to check with Dr. Grant Colfax on January 8th to get an official, and I think he's going to really welcome this call and probably (laughs) has time for it. He totally has time to talk about cardboard mascots. Yes, Norton the It's It will be there if it is allowed by our health officials. Um, I think for 2021, my goal is to just have enough Balboa t-shirts. It's a, that's all I wear. Yeah, I just cleaned out my closets today, and I've only been wearing like 5% of what I own, including only tennis shoes. I don't know. <laughs> I saved my heels because I'm assuming someday I'll put them on again, <laughs> but my feet will probably rebel. Okay, well, January 9th, once again, Star Trek Four. watch it. Um, we'll be on social media. The hashtag, it was voted on, we're just doing one hashtag, is double dumbass on you. <laughs> I have no That's idea a... <laughs> what that means, but it sounds funny. It's from the movie. You're going to love it. Um, it's one of the best parts of the movie. Right now, we're going to talk about 2020, uh, put 2020 to rest, and talk a little bit about 2021. I'm Peter Hartlob, here with Heather Knight, and this is Total SF. Hello, Heather Knight. Welcome back, and welcome to the last Total SF podcast of 2020. I'm ready for it. I'm so ready for this year to be done. I feel like it was about three times as long, but at the same time, just like time didn't even really have any meaning this year. Um, I'm I'm looking back to March. Do you remember March? I mean, what what comes to your mind when you think about the beginning of this? I remember that day that we thought that the worst thing that would happen would be that Chinatown small businesses would suffer. And so we went to um, the Golden Gate Fortune Cookie Factory and encouraged everybody to go buy fortune cookies, which I think was a good idea at the time. But little did we know that that everything was going to get so much worse so quickly. 
Yeah, I think you were more tempered than I was. I think I was tweeting like, this is your civic duty <laughs> <laughs> to go to Chinatown and buy stuff now. Um, I remember that, and I remember thinking in the months that followed, especially when things here were really uncertain and I'm working a metro shift and covering you know, these pandemic stories, I was thinking of going back and, and deleting those. I mean, you're just you know, putting a note and then deleting them um, and just kind of coming correct. But now I look back and I think, you know, we just didn't know, you know, I mean, at the time, the numbers weren't super high. People there were, basically was no virus in the city then. I mean, very limited. It felt like the right thing to do. And I kind of, as time goes on further, I don't really regret it. I mean, I would do it differently, but I don't regret it. But the best part of that day was that we happened to find Byron Cobb on the cable car, California line by chance and hopped on. That was so much fun. That was like the last good thing that (laughs) that (laughs) happened in the total SF world. I have never been so happy to see someone um, in San Francisco wearing a Dodgers hat. Yeah, he's the only person who can get away with that. Because I remember that he, he was coming up. We had just left the church um, with our friend Ethan Mizzy and and we're coming um, outside a little bit shell-shocked, had watched this very emotional concert um, uh, at a church. It was a free concert, the last concert I've been to. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, this cable car's coming up, and I saw the blue hat. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, Byron Cobb. yes. And he yeah. hasn't been on a cable car. We haven't been on a cable car. The cable cars haven't taken any passengers um, in months and months and months. So, Well, you wrote a column that is um, inspiring this podcast. And it was just about some of the good things that happened in 2020. Um, I think a lot of good happened. A lot of my beat was trying to find those things. You certainly wrote about a lot of them. But I thought that that would be a good way to end 2020. We know about the bad. We know about our, you know, very nervous feelings about the virus, about some political things. Let's talk about, like, some of the positive that came out of this. And I wanted to start with you and ask you about that column, kind of what was the genesis for that? And what's kind of the first thing that came to your mind when you started writing that and thinking about the good things that happen? Yeah, I think that the heroes um, this year were just the regular people pretty much doing the work they always do, but we didn't ever think about them or um, give them their proper credit. And I learned about OnLock, which is a senior center which delivers food to homebound seniors. Of course, there are way many more homebound seniors who cannot leave um, their homes to go grocery shopping this year because they're isolating um, because things would be so much worse for them if they got the virus than for younger people. And so I followed around one man who delivers um, food to seniors and he's been doing this long before the pandemic but he struck up this friendship with um one of the men he sees every day and gives food to and they just banter about like nothing really just you know the 49ers or they're both mexican and they talk about their heritage and lowrider cars and the mission (laughs) and they just chit chat and that's the highlight of the of the day for the man that he visited and then that got me thinking about all the other people that um have made this year a little brighter not politicians or (laughs) Um, big names, but people that you wouldn't have heard of. So I got in touch with some of those folks. And one of them, my favorite probably of the year was Hal Wilkes, who played um, the bagpipes on the roof of the Castro for uh, at sunset to entertain his neighbors for 111 nights in a row, starting when we shut down um, March 16th or 17th. 
And um, I thought he had ended it, but I just checked in with him, and he's actually done it every Sunday evening. So he's keeping up the every oh. Sunday at sunset. So that is still going on, and he's going to do that for months. Um, and then he sent me this really sweet Christmas card in the mail that said, um, pipes up for 2021, <laughs> and it was really cute. <laughs> A picture of him on the roof with his bagpipes. Um and I also checked in with a Total SF guest, Kevin Dublin, the poet who proposed to his oh, awesome. now fiance um, on top of the Ferris wheel in Golden Gate Park, which is no longer spinning. But um, I just wanted to see how they were doing. And they're still super duper in love and um, trying to plan their wedding. But it's hard because who knows when you can actually have a big wedding. But they mentioned that they would like to do it in the Presidio. And then um, the Presidio Trust saw that column and got in touch with me and said that they want to help Kevin and his fiance Katie plan their wedding. So I made that little connection. Um, (laughs) And so they're talking. So just, you know, regular people um, who have brightened our world a little bit this year. I love that. And you were a Presidio. uh, Yes. My husband and I got married. Yes, we got married at the main chapel in the Presidio. So I told Kevin that that's a good omen, 13 years and counting. Think about like all, think about how awesome that wedding's going to be, like a bunch of poets. Do you think we can get invited? I don't know. (laughs) Kevin, if you're listening. Maybe you don't need to feed like us. We'll just come watch. Totally, totally. We'll, we'll, we'll basically wedding crash. Yeah, we'll just bring flasks. Yeah, you- yeah, you don't even have to tell like your mother-in-law about it, although they love you. Um, <laughs> anyway, um, okay, we'll we'll cross our fingers for that. That's something to look forward through in 2021. I remember, I remember, like the shelter in place happened. I got reassigned and was kind of you know struggling with that. I'm suddenly a metro reporter for the first time in 20 years, and I remember like as I was looking for stories, I was expecting, honestly, like people ripping each other off like my first thought was like how are people going to use this pandemic to rip each other off and, <laughs> you know i had a real I had a real dark view of it i was sort of probably because you, know, you just... watched that horrible movie contagion that you made me watch I where did, they really were ripping each other off <laughs> i apologize for that um very early on we watched contagion and did a <laughs> podcast with audrey um and then all of a sudden it was just like one after the other I found these people who are helping each other um, and helping their community. Uh, Chris Collin with his six mm-hmm. feet of separation newspaper. Uh, Nathan Tan, who was our my last podcast guest, and I just wrote a story about him. But he's this designer who makes a lot of clothes that I wear and you know that I've known about. He's a does a lot of like San Francisco pride and graffiti and hip hop infused artwork and. He created this creativity time. It was a lot like what Wendy McNaughton's doing. He's creating these worksheets that are, you know, kind of have this old school graffiti feel, but it's something you can do with your kids. And now he's on SFGov TV. He's Uncle Nate's creativity really? time. Aww. Yeah. He like beatboxes his own theme song and is like this children's TV host. Wow. And it's this guy that, like, no one knew. I mean, he's been, you know, making this clothing for decades, but he's really been behind the scenes. And that brought him out as this giving person. And I talked to him. We talked a lot about small business and art and, you know, the future. And he's got a pretty optimistic view. Mm -hmm. But I just feel like, like, the default human response was to do good. And that was a big lesson coming out of this. I don't know. I, I don't feel 
better necessarily about the country, you know, than I did nine months ago, but I feel better about humanity. Mm -hmm. So um, anyway, that was that was a positive. I think the Bay Area um, responded really well overall. Um, Unlike our country at large, you know, believed in scientists and believed doctors and wore their masks and social distanced. And we still have um, one of the lowest death counts in of any city in the entire country, if not the lowest. And so there have been some horrible ramifications, mostly um, economic, but uh, I think we have a lot to be proud about too. Um, I have another one, and um, it's the way that the small businesses fought. Mm. And I think the small businesses have gotten such a bad deal out of this. Um, I think it's going to be something we're shameful about. I think a lot of these businesses that we're seeing closing now. Albany Bowl is the latest one that, I mean, these were businesses that didn't need to close. They were thriving. They were Mm -hmm. doing fine. Um, Some people I know who run an arcade that I've written about, one of their two arcades closed. Their arcades were doing fine. I mean, I feel like our governments and a lot of, um, you know, nationally and locally haven't done everything they can for the businesses. I think some of our wealthier citizens should have pitched in more. (laughs) But the positive that I've seen is just how much they've fought and how creative they've been. And I just want to cry. I mean, I'll take, you know, you could take independent bookstores, you could take um, uh, theater companies, I'm going to take movie theaters. Mm -hmm. I mean, um, the Orinda renting out its marquee Mm -hmm. space, and like, you know, people putting up their wedding proposals or birthday wishes there adam and our friends at um adam and chloe and our friends at balboa theater turning the front of their theater into a pop-up beer and popcorn and and merchandise distribution center you know they they build a parklet the city says they can't use it anymore and you still go there and they're filled with positivity i'm talking about movie theaters Mm -hmm. but i've seen it all over just all these businesses you know, that I think are getting screwed. Yeah. But they're fighting for their lives, and it's really inspiring. Yeah, they're showing see. so much grit. I think, you know, the negative side, I was just speaking highly of San Francisco and the way it's handled the virus, but the negative side has been, um, with all the caution, has it's been, you know, just terrible for small businesses to be told, like, you're open, you're closed, you're open, you're closed, and there's, like, no notification. You know, they're hearing it from, like, my tweets or, like, the press release that they happen to see from the mayor's office that tomorrow they have to be closed with no financial support, especially over the holidays. So I think that has been pretty brutal. Um, One thing I want to count as a silver lining has been, we've talked about it before, but... um, Worth mentioning again the improvements to the city streets, um, the slow streets, the closure to cars of JFK Drive and Golden Gate Park and the Great Highway, uh, Twin Peaks Boulevard, um, the shared spaces. That's not happening right now because there's no outdoor dining, but um, just the liveliness on the streets, at least up until <laughs> the most recent mm-hmm. shelter in place orders. But hopefully that will come back. Um, later this winter spring with just people outdoor dining in the parklets and i'm hoping that all those streets that are closed to cars will stay that way permanently muni is conducting some surveys now about what should happen to the great highway and twin peaks um doing some studies of jfk so uh hopefully at the rate bureaucracy moves um (laughs) nothing will change very quickly (laughs) and we'll be able to enjoy these streets for a long time 
I think they need to at least give them a chance. And if there are people who think that JFK Drive, that it's a bad thing, and it's going to hurt their, I don't know what, museum attendance, give it a chance. I mean, give it a chance. Infrastructure's being built. It's getting easier and easier for bikers to get around and get to these places. Maybe the positive's going to outweigh the negative. And people with mobility issues, maybe if more people are on their bikes and are walking, there will be less cars on the road and you'll have less traffic to deal with and there will be more parking for people who can't get around. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I just feel like they got to give it a chance and I'm worried they're not going to. Yeah, already the neighbors around the Great Highway and Twin Peaks are, are wanting um, things to go back to the way they used to be. I just think that that shows no creativity and there's got to be ways. I get the problems with, you know, spill over into the neighborhoods and that must you know suck if you live there with a lot more traffic and low-level crime but um I think there's got to be ways for Muni to solve for that rather than just going you know back to square one yeah and and I don't know how you feel but I, I feel like the parklets and the slow streets you know maybe not permanently closing a street but um, keeping it open during the seasons where the weather is nicer mm-hmm. or having rotating slow streets and I, these parklets it's like we got to do they've had so many mixed signals for these businesses you know a mall in livermore is open right. and crowded the coals near me coals i mean i can't think of a less essential place <laughs> than coals my coals is open and crowded and and they shut down outdoor dining. You yeah, know, I, I know. I, I just, I feel like you got to give these people their parklets for a few more years at least and yeah. let them make up what they lost. Because those take a lot to build, a lot of money to build and time. And as soon as, you know, they all were built, then they said, no, you can't use them anymore. Um, and now, understandably, these places are still doing takeout and people will get the food and go sit in at the tables in the parklets um, because they're right there. It's just that they don't have service. So I think they should just let outdoor dining proceed and just be be very strict about the rules during this winter. Um, And it should be fine. We'll be right back after this short break. Did you do a lot of Zoom events? Like, were you watching any comedy or events or things like that? Was that something your family was into? I know you did gay men's I course, did and a I was couple super over, jealous. Yes, I'm on vacation for two weeks right now. I'm being so nice to you to agree to record this podcast on vacation. <laughs> I'm on vacation too, though. <laughs> yeah, so, but it was your so, idea. <laughs> so we're both crazy. <laughs> but my two favorite Zoom events of the holiday season were that my friends and I um, have been going to see the Golden Girls um, drag show, which is held every Christmas, usually at the Victoria Theater in the Mission, for years. Like, seriously, way before it was popular. And this is the mm-hmm. one time I've ever been a trendsetter. And then this was the first year it went virtual, and I was like, oh, I don't know, this might be kind of lame. But it happened to fall on my birthday, a Saturday. And so, happy birthday. Um, thank you. All of my friends um, watched it together and we got VIP tickets so then we could meet the drag queens like in our own little Zoom room at the end. And it was super fun. And my other one was um, I have my dad in Davis and then aunts and uncles around the country. And obviously, we're not seeing each other for the holidays. Um, so, my Christmas present to my family was tickets to the virtual um, gay men's chorus holiday show on Christmas Eve. Mm -hmm. So we all zoomed together and then um, watched that. So that was also really fun. That's nice. So you saw your family and then it's like you all went to 
We all went to together. the chorus. Yeah, and and I didn't know like I love so many of my friends have like that one like MAGA hat wearing um, relative that <laughs> is super awkward conversations. But my family is like 100% cool. And so I wasn't completely sure because some of them live in different parts of the country, including rural Pennsylvania, um, what it would be like when I emailed them this idea, like, how about we all watch the San Francisco Gay Men's Chorus on Christmas Eve? But 100% wrote back immediately, like, that sounds amazing. I love it. And then they all wrote to me after the show saying how much they enjoyed it and they'd love to see right. them in person sometime. So I just got a whole new fan base for, for the game. <laughs> uh, that's a great one. Um, I think that these Zoom events, if you look back at World War II, um, they had these victory gardens and they had them in San Francisco. Like they planted a bunch of vegetables in front of city hall and everybody like the kids and the families would grow gardens, um, in their backyards or wherever lots victory gardens. And the idea was like, you're creating extra food. I don't know that people needed it that much, but it was something that the community did together. I think that's what these Zooms are going to be like. Um, I, I think of the one, I think you might have missed it, but um, the Versus with Too Short and E40 was just this absolute huge event. Everybody's on Twitter. Um, Ra- Rafael Casal and David Diggs did this incredible Zoom event to save children's fairyland, which everybody from like Steph Curry to you know a lot of local actors and... That was fantastic. Hardly Strictly Bluegrass's uh, virtual event was uh, hosted by Chuck Prophet and just had a lot of special history that you probably wouldn't have gotten going there. I think people are going to remember these Zoom events like the Victory Gardens. It's going to be something that kept our spirits up and it's going to be a positive thing. I agree, but I also think people are going to be really happy when they start having calendar entries that don't include the word Zoom in them. When (laughs) we are actually scheduling things that we go to, I mean, that's going to be awesome. Okay, I want to close this out, and you can add anything you want, but I want to close out that I am, like, never more proud to work at The Chronicle, Mm -hmm. Um, and and particularly our colleagues um, just seeing... You know, Erin Alday. Oh, my God. I mean, just absolutely. She deserves like a year of vacation when this is over. Yeah. I mean, superhero, right? Mm -hmm. Um, Ideen. Ideen Vaziri. A a year ago, he's our pop music critic, and I'm talking to him about the concert that he went to. And now he's still our pop music critic. He, like, (laughs) does that job. But he's also, you know, just one of our most aggressive, smartest writers in terms of kind of how to navigate this thing that we're Mm -hmm. going through right now that's been his beat i'm so impressed with him i've worked with him for you know almost 20 years and just i'm completely impressed yeah totally i cannot believe that you know one day we were all in the newsroom and then the next day we were all home and we didn't miss a beat like we published every day um everybody's been working their butts off um I personally was proud of myself for figuring out how to podcast from home because it used to be that I just showed up in the studio and the producer did everything. I just talked um, and to actually figure out (laughs) I'm not very technologically savvy, but I figured that out as did a lot of other people. And it just all went off without a hitch. So what are you thinking about 2021? What what are your hopes? What are your dreams? Um, I think the first couple of months are going to be 
more of the same. I think the shelter in place orders will be extended, but I'm hoping that by spring and definitely summer life gets better again. Um, I'm really looking forward to my first cable car ride. If you're listening, cable car friends, Peter and I want to be the first one on that first (laughs) ride. Um, Just things that we took for granted before. I've been telling my friends, I'm not saying no to any invitations in 2021. I will be there. I will do everything and I'm going to savor it because now we know that it could end at any moment. But just things that would have been so normal before, like the first time back, I haven't done indoor dining at all. Um, even when it was allowed, but the first, um, you know, group dinner in some restaurant that you love or, uh, um, riding Muni and Bart, which I still haven't done. I know you have, um, movies, concerts, but the thing that I'm really looking forward to most is getting out of San Francisco <laughs> and yeah. traveling. So I love, love, love traveling. And, um, just to be on a plane heading somewhere for an adventure sounds amazing. Yeah. I mean, we've been pretty careful. Um, I have not done any indoor dining and um, very little outdoor dining. I've, I think I've done it twice. Um, once with you. Yeah. But um, I'm going to go to movies twice a week. I'm going to go to every one of my friends who's in a band, even if their band is bad. <laughs> I'm going to go see their bad band wherever they play. Um Definitely going to more concerts. I have tickets to the Warfield on July 23rd, and I have a feeling either I'm not going to feel like that's safe or that it'll get pushed back, but kind of hoping that happens. Mm-hmm. Um, and, I'm hoping and for a Giants game. How great will oh. that be? Take me out to the ball game, everybody standing up and singing and holding beers. What about Total SF stuff? What do you, what do you think about... 2021 is a total SF year in terms of, you know, just our events Mm -hmm. and our projects and what we do. I think it'll be a great year for us, especially summer, fall, um, as things start up again and we can celebrate them. I mean, hopefully this at least second part of the year will be about um, San Francisco rising from the ashes as it's done so many times in the past and we can be there rooting people on. So I think it'll be awesome. Um, We have lots of ideas but we haven't gotten them all approved by our bosses yet (laughs) (laughs) well let's end the year in true heather knight fashion (laughs) with a lightning round okay are you ready for this now we we both have usually the lightning round is administered by heather or if heather is gone i will administer it to an unsuspecting (laughs) um uh politician or um other um other person who can't name their burrito place Mm -hmm. Um, we are going to take turns. For the most part, we don't know each other's questions, and I am going to let you start. Okay. What was the favorite thing you binge-watched in 2020? I stumped you already. I know. I mean, a lot of what we did was, um, like, Hamilton. That was a really big one. Um, When Soul came out, Mm -hmm. that was just a couple days ago. I mean, a lot of event movies. I'm going to say the Last Dance documentary, um, which was the Michael Jordan, um, you know, a lot of footage from the 80s and 90s that hadn't been out. And I liked it because we watched it with my son. And that was kind of the beginning of our family TV night, which carries on to this day. I'm going to go down and watch some TV with them now. But it was something we could all kind of enjoy and talk about. And there was a lot more of that going on. Um, I've been on Netflix a lot this year, as have a lot of people. And I have really um, girly taste in 
TV. So I watched um, the new one, the new Shonda Rhimes series on Netflix. Highly recommend it. She's behind, you know, Grey's Anatomy and Scandal mm-hmm. and How to Get Away with Murder. Bridgerton, which is, um, you know about this. Yeah, no, no. I'm I'm uh, hearing good things, yes. but I want to hear your It's, you know, thoughts. high society, um, England, everybody in their gowns and um, courting each other. And it's mm-hmm. super fun. And um, before that was Emily in Paris, which I know is like a really bad show, but I totally binge watched it. And before that was um, the most recent season of Queer Eye. So I'm hoping they mm-hmm. come out with another one. So those were mine. Okay. My question what was your takeout food MVP? Mm. I'm going to go with Pizzeria Delfina, um, mm-hmm. the one in the mission. Uh, we have been getting the family style meal um, probably maybe once a month, which is this ginormous platter of spaghetti and meatballs and then a salad and bread and dessert. And everybody's very happy with that order. Um I just, we've done a lot of local businesses and we've gone into Oakland to Agave Uptown and, you know, done a couple other things in other cities even, just takeout, but um, just a lot of our local places. Dominico's is our deli that we knew the family. I mean, the, the, one of the daughters who worked there had taken care of Theo when he was in preschool and um, just kind of having conversations we didn't usually have with people at some of these places Ramiro's and son's burrito place. I didn't even know it was owned by my son's cross country coach until I went to go interview him and not knowing that that's who it was. And I mean, there's just a lot of connections like that, that mm-hmm. we made just with our local places. Uh, did you pick up any good habits in 2020? And if so, what was your best one? Oh, that's a, Good question. Um, I know what I want your answer to be, but I'm curious if good habits. Honestly, like I think as a reporter, um, getting thrown into that, you know, metro pandemic shift again, I started reporting more. Mm which it was always really awkward when you and I would go out and do stuff. And then we'd like be at the cliff house or wherever on our little adventures and you'd pull out a notebook for your column and I'd just like (laughs) sit and play Candy Crush or whatever. (laughs) That's an exaggeration. I mean, I took photos. There were things that I did that you didn't do. You take photos of me interviewing people. (laughs) Yeah. Um, I've definitely been reporting more. And um, as I'm writing columns now, they tend to be more reported columns. They tend to be more like Heather Knight, you know, where there's, um, you know, it's column-y, but there's also a a, a reporterly aspect to it. And I think just generally as a journalist, I feel a little more recharged, like I have a few more tools, a little more excited going forward. Awesome. That was not what you wanted. <laughs> I wanted you to talk about um, being the mayor of your own slow street and going for walks <laughs> regularly. <laughs> um, I went for walks already, though. The difference oh. now is that I go for walks and I'm the mayor of a slow street. Yeah. And uh, there's a lot of responsibility with that. Um, <laughs> is anybody but... else acknowledging that you're the mayor? Or is it still just you? No, just you and me. Um, <laughs> and I put it on Twitter. There have been a few people in Alameda. There, there's a pretty good Alameda Twitter following me, and they'll make <laughs> references to it. I'm really mad now because um, the street is parallel to a street that has, like, um, uh, traffic lights and stuff. So there are places where people are now cutting. They're, like, going in. Because if they cut two blocks, then they can do this, like, little two-block cut 
and then take a right hand turn and not have to hit the light. And I'm thinking of going out there and being that like old guy who shoots video and then writes letters to the city hall. But you don't have to write letters to city hall if you're the mayor. That's true. I'm just the mayor of the slow street, though. I don't have actual um, power to put in speed bumps or something unless I do it myself. As mayor of a slow street, has anybody caught you at the French Laundry? No, no, that's a good question. You would have written about it, though. <laughs> I know you would not have taken mercy on me. You would have uh, done what was right and written about um, about uh, my transgression. <laughs> what is your, how, how have you changed? Um, my best new habit is that I'm exercising way more, probably than since high school when I was on the tennis team, Davis High. Um, mm-hmm. And so I've been doing yoga bicycling, hiking, walking. Um, we just got paddle boards and I've tried that. Um, but the weirdest, like most unlike me thing to be doing is dance classes, um, (sighs) in public. And I want to give a shout out to Rory Davis, who, um, has been like a huge bright light in my crappy 2020. He runs dance classes at Dolores park called Roryography. Um, (laughs) In the before times, he was a choreographer for drag queens, and so he's very, he calls himself the modern-day Richard Simmons. He wears little short shorts and a T-shirt that says coach, and he has a whistle, <laughs> and he's <laughs> really funny, and he plays um, amazing songs like um, Jump by the Pointer Sisters or, um, oh gosh, now I'm going to blank on them. I'm pulling a Mark Leno. Um, just super funny, like New Kids on the Block, um, really throwback songs, and... Um, I've been doing that. He does them twice a week. So you got you, anybody who wants to dance at Dolores Park should look up Roryography. All right, I got one more for you. Okay. Um, hold on. So earlier this year, we built our quarantine house. Mm-hmm. Okay, and we each picked five people. Um, mine were uh, Chuck Prophet, Rennell Brooks Moon, Hunter Pence, and Alexis Pence. Jeffrey Tumlin and Adam Savage. You had Mark Benioff, Ali Wong, Michael Franti, Chef Sharon Ardiana, and Susie Loftus. Who would you add to your quarantine house now? Mm-hmm. I'm not going to put a limit on it, but I think if you add more than two, you have to remove someone else. Oh, wow. So brutal. That's brutal. Brutal. Um, well, I'd probably add Rory Davis, who I was talking about, because he's so fun and funny and plays really good music. Um, but similar vein um i would add darcy drollinger do you know who that is yes yes um he also (laughs) this is so (laughs) unlike me i also have been going to his classes dance classes at dolores park it's basically because there's nothing else to do um but they're also really fun and they're they're a lot uh shall we say more adult themed than rory's um and he also whoa, 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 back up. How so? <laughs> what what does an adult themed dance class look like? Um, saucy moves. Saucy oh saucy moves. Yeah. Gotcha. So it's not like the soundtrack, it's not uh, yeah. some of the songs I'm like, should we really be playing this um this loudly in a, in a park? <laughs> um, <laughs> but I love him because he um, is a really good dancer, and I'm really not a good dancer, but uh, I've just been trying it, and it's been really fun. And at the end of every dance class, he has this great message, which is um, that 
uh, at this dance class, everybody supports each other, even if we're bad dancers, like nobody cares. We clap for each other and um, cheer each other on. And that's the way we should all be in our regular lives. Like be fabulous, um, encourage everybody else to be fabulous and um, just keep an upbeat, um, cheerful uh, way of being and so he ends talking about that every time but the real reason I like him is because he plays Rose Nyland in the Golden Girls drag show I was telling you about so um, he's just a character and he would make um, the quarantine house very fun nice all right well that's good and you don't have to remove anybody by just adding uh, to okay and how about um, you I, I am adding uh, Dan Rather <laughs> They had to be San Franciscans. Oh, you're right. They do. That that helps because well, Bay Area. They didn't have to. He's be, not okay. Bay Area. I know he's not. Okay, forget Dan rather. Um, <laughs> but I'm not happy about it. I'm I'm a little upset you called me on that. Um, I'm gonna pick, and I'm I'm doing them as a duo. Uh, Rafael Casal and David. Diggs. Oh yeah, they're they great. are so great. I mean, they've just like totally been there for Oakland through this. And I'm going to remove Adam Savage. Sorry, Ooh, Adam brutal. Savage. Um, and I'm going to add Officer Edith. Oh, she's great. Um, and one of our podcasts earlier, please listen to it if you didn't already. Um, funny, just like pretty upbeat and just really useful. Mm-hmm. I mean, a useful person. I learned so much from about skunks from her. And if we have another possum situation in my backyard, we can let her handle it yeah, instead of the... <laughs> we all know what happened when it was in your hands. <laughs> yeah. So that's my last lightning round question. Great. Do you have one left? Um, that was a good one to end on. Goodbye 2020. Any last words for 2020 before we enter 2021? Uh, you sucked. I will not miss you. I hope we can take the good lessons we've learned and become a better city moving forward. Yeah. Um, I think the overarching memory should be that we looked out for each other. Mm-hmm. Um, I think history is going to look back, even though you know it's horrible nationwide, the Bay Area people have looked out for each other Um, it's gotten harder and people are still looking out for each other and I think when we look back um, the numbers are going to show that and I think just you know what comes out of this um, is going to be positive I think we have a a, a lot of good places we can go from this Mm -hmm. so so goodbye 2020 and Heather I look forward to hanging out in 2021 and um, more total SF stuff and seeing people in real life and kind of getting back to where we were. Yay, that'll be fun. You are listening to the San Francisco Chronicle. Thank you to Heather Knight. Total SF is a production of the Chronicle. Our music is The Tide Will Rise by the Sunset Shipwrecks off their album Community and cable car bell ringing by eight-time champion Byron Cobb. Support Total SF in the newsroom that creates it by treating yourself to a digital Chronicle edition at sfchronicle.com slash pod. 